can you please just show a little welcome back to the gentlemen dojo yeah 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 to my left from detroit michigan he is a rotund body yes he's put on i don't know probably 60 pounds since your wife started working at a bakery (laughs) have you seen a doctor lately no. You really need to keep it in check. No. You haven't lost any weight since you I said you started you. your diet. I you said you're you. starting a diet. You have not lost any weight. I told you I knew I was in trouble when my dentist, my dentist gave me a blood <laughs> pressure test. Oh, jeez. He's like, I think it's too high. Yeah, the veterinarian gave you a blood pressure. It's like, you need to get it. Your dentist did. Uh, to my right from Pittsburgh, PA, the lovable Steve Burns. And why don't you go ahead and introduce our wonderful... Well, I'll start the intro and then you go can ahead, cap jump it off. In. Okay, this... Go. I... Hold on, let me turn this down. Um, I, 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 I was introduced like much of America to our guest today, yeah. who was in the dojo uh, via Last Comic Standing. But ever since then, I've seen him at the comedy store over and over again uh, since he's moved here. And A, couldn't be a nicer guy. He's one of those guys you just root for and you hope something, you know, anything that comes his way. It's like, well, there you go. Yeah, he's a good dude. But on top of that... Hilarious, hilarious comic. Love watching him. He's a regular at the comedy store. He's passed at the comedy store. Where from, are you passed? From cr- I yeah. don't think you're passed anywhere. Flappers Yuhu Room. Oh, there you go. There you okay, go. But you go yeah. finish off the intro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Kansas City. Yes. He's he's a huge Kansas City. Huge. Everything right. Loves yeah. the the baseball, the football, all that great stuff. Right. Uh, he placed third, I believe, in season four of Last Comic Standing. By the way, great singer. Oh. As well, which I was blown away by. I've seen some videos online. I was like, holy fuck, this dude can rock out. And, and uh, on a personal note, very beautiful girlfriend. Yes. Oh, you're so fucking creepy, dude. I'm married. What do I, I'm not going to hit on people. The way you said it, though. <laughs> Chris, Chris Porter. Jeez. Hey. Chris, that thanks was so much for being fun. here. Well, was, <laughs> we're eight minutes in. we got to wrap it up now. That was yeah. the long. <laughs> That was the longest they, handy I've ever had. <laughs> Still didn't finish. If you were not a comedian, okay, yeah. like Steve, would you? Fuck. Oh, would you be a rock star? You really can genuinely sing, and you have a real uh. deep appreciation for classic rock, and you're posting things all the time. Would you be? Uh, you're. Do you sing like with a, your own band player. now? Uh, no, the band's right done. Okay. Just because of my road schedule, it was very difficult for me to maintain that. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely play music of some sort. I'd probably be in a cover band in Kansas City. Yeah. That played, you know, terribly. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you but know, when did you know you could sing? Um, I always liked singing. I don't know. I didn't think I could sing until I was older. Yeah. Mainly because people would be like, "Hey, you can't sing." <laughs> is that what that was a, an indication? <clears throat> well, singing along in the car and stuff is yeah. much different than doing it into a microphone into a monitor, which is blaring back at you. Right. And that's a very weird sensation, and it took me a long time, like mm-hmm. six or seven years, to be able to do it comfortably and with confidence. Right. So when I would sing like to my friends, and they'd be like, "Yeah, singing in the microphone." And they're like the fuck just happened and so it took me a long time of just basically doing it right in in the privacy of my buddy's house yeah but even then it was very weird to uh i mean it's it's always weird to hear your own voice but to put yourself out there emotionally like even when you're singing someone else's song like you have to kind of get into it well what is your favorite song to sing when you when you'd be with the band 
Oh, um, probably we always closed with Joe Cocker's version of I get by with a little help from my friends. And that was that was my favorite. Yeah. Just because it's so epic. And our band would do pretty well with it most of the time. Yeah. And it was you know, that that part in the Oh, that, like doing, getting to do all that stuff like was super great and it was right in my range so it was super easy well not it was it was accessible for me to sing it wasn't easy by any means right but, uh, but you've been living out the goddamn comedy jam like for real yeah well you know I was because that's a show just in case people don't know yeah. it's like a show where comedians go up they do you do some time you talk about a song that means something to you and you sing it with the live band but you actually you get to do that. I did get, like, yeah. You were doing that for, for quite some time. a year, yeah. We yeah. play for four hours a night some nights. That's crazy. Wow. And that's too long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a Ralphie Mae set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's, a, that's a Carlos Mencia yeah. double show. <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, and you're there. Mm -hmm. You know, you've set up at this bar at 8 o'clock. And you're there, you know, you start playing at 9, and you're there till 1 o'clock. Now, when you do those shows, do are people showing up to hear your comedy as well or as the no. music where they're just like, oh, I want to. Most of those shows, they, no one even knew who we, who I was. It was me in, you know, I was just the band there. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone come up and be like, were you at the comedy store the other night? And I was like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Like, and you do this? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry. Next uh, week, I'm going to Arthur Murthy, Murthy Murray Dance Studios. Will you be there by chance as well? Or? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen my mural that I've done at the Guggenheim. But, uh, yeah, so I, that was a really fun time to to be able to, you know. I, there was one night I remember I went and did the Irvine Improv, and then I drove and sang all night. And then, So you did the, the, the full gig, the full and gig. you had to gig again. Had to go, had to literally say, good night, folks. Get in the car, drive, pulled Jesus. out my guitar, plugged in. The band had already played for an hour. I was late. Yeah. And so I just showed up, and they're like, oh, there's a new singer. <laughs> was, there, was there any thought instead of doing Last Comic Standing, maybe doing kind of like a musical talent show? Did you ever think about that? No, because it was – I didn't really get into music till after Last Comic Standing. Like, okay. I always play guitar a little bit, but when I had a little bit of money and was started to buy like a Les Paul and, you know – started like really being able to have that accept uh, that opportunity then i really got into music and then i was going to start a band and uh you know who won the year that you placed in the top three of last comic standing josh blue josh blue yeah so you go on you do last comic standing then after the show all the top 10 they go on the road right you guys do a tour uh, i wasn't the whole 10 it was just the for the most part it was the three of us and then some of the some of the dates it was uh, they bring in raw, the fourth and fifth place people. Who were the second and fourth? Second and fifth? was Ty Barnett. Fourth and fifth, in whatever order, was Roz G and Michelle Ballin. Okay, both out of New York. So how does that when you when you get last comic standing when you finish top three when you start touring how does that change your comedy career like what happens after that? That's literally like the biggest day of your life because you have to realize I went from a feature act that could headline that had no credits. Like I was the, I opened for John Witherspoon and uh, Tommy Davidson more times than I could count just because they they didn't work Wednesday or Sunday, so I would headline those days, <laughs> and then I would and then they wanted a white kid feature, yeah. and then there I was. So right. and. Man, once Tommy found out I could do an hour, 
He stopped showing up on time. <laughs> Jesus. Swear to God, I'm in I'm in San Jose. I'm closing. He doesn't do Wednesday, Sundays, or apparently Thursday, Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closing, and they come, you know, at the San Jose, it's like a small theater, so yeah. they have like a monitor system, and through the monitors, they go, keep going, Tommy's not done with dinner. Oh, God. <laughs> and how far are you into the set? I'm closing. Point? Oh. Like, I'm in the closer, which is, for those of you who aren't here. Get the to, guitar. For those of you who aren't hip to it, you close with your best joke. Yeah. So I did the closer and then just limped through another 15 minutes. Oh. And then I think I did an old closer. Is he at, at dinner at the club? Oh, yeah. He's upstairs in the right. green room just eating. And he's like, that. Because the first night when he showed up late on accident, he was like, how did you do all that time? And I was like, oh, I normally do that amount of time. And then he was just. Off to the races. <laughs> you have heard, I've heard this many times from other comics that like certain guys won't leave the hotel until the show is a half an hour in. Like they'll just keep, you know, they, they yeah. just don't care. I mean, they just leave whenever. I mean, and I, and to some extent, like if the hotel's across the street, sure. totally get it. Right. Maybe, especially like later on in the week, maybe Thursday you show up. Yeah, a little uh, earlier. A little then. early. Yeah. But Saturday, you show up 20 minutes into the show. That's fine. I, I've done that. My right. dream is to walk in and hear he's getting off stage. Oh, yeah. And then you just get to zip right. I, I don't like waiting around. Dude, that is my favorite. At, like, any Ask anyone at the comedy store. I show up five minutes before I'm supposed to go on stage. Yeah. And the perfect night for me is me walking up and they go, we just lit him. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And then I walk and I do my set and then I walk right back out. I get in my car and I leave like yeah. a ninja. I, I show up to the improv last night five minutes before I was supposed to go on stage and I was supposed to go on late and they're like we just started and I was like well fuck you guys Damn it. <laughs> now why is that why do you like showing up five minutes before uh listen man I've been doing this 18 years mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time in comedy clubs and I'm gonna have to spend a lot more time in them so yeah. why don't we limit <laughs> why don't we limit the time that the, the excess time yeah. that I have to be here and kind of hate you. Are you not a hangout guy? You don't like hanging out at the bar? I like hanging out some nights, not yeah. every night. Right. Like those night, the people that hang out every night are always the ones that are sad and miserable and can't <laughs> figure out why shit's wrong. Gene Pompa. Hey, listen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what? We'll bleep that. <laughs> but I just, I've noticed that. Nick Swardson notwithstanding, the people that hang out every night, all night, normally don't make it real far. Right. Yeah. And right. I don't think Swardson did that until afterwards. Yeah. And, and even he's done. Like, you don't see him anymore. He's like 100 days sober or some shit. Yeah. It's just, there's, you're, you need to have a life outside of comedy. You also don't want to look available 24-7. You don't want to seem like, hey, I'm here again, I'm here again, so they can always rely on you. And also, yeah, you'd know that. <laughs> <laughs> Please. And also, you kind of want to be... It, listen, I, there was a few months where I was the guy hanging out all the time, and it gets fr it goes from you walking into a club and everyone going, hey, it's you, right. yeah. to not even acknowledging the fact that you walked in. Right. They're like, yeah, he's here, because it's 10. Of course he's here. Right. Yeah. That, no one wants that. And and also, I got really sad about four years ago, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized it was because I was hanging out in a comedy club with a bunch of people that were sad mm -hmm. and couldn't figure out why. And I was like, maybe I should change this. And then I started hanging out with people that were happy and not in comedy. And then that changed my perspective on things. So now I have the comedy world. I have my own personal life. And it... 
it leads to happiness. I feel, I feel like it, and, and that's in any scene. I feel like if you drown yeah. yourself right. in anything, that's what you will do. You'll drown yourself in it. I think you always need to b- remove yourself from any scene for a little bit. Now, did you start in KC? Yes. And how hard is it to start in KC? Because I can only imagine it, it. it's not that big of a market, and I'm wondering what are the outlying cities maybe you'll hit up, but right. how tough is that? For- it's actually pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, our biggest struggle was the Glazers. Like, they were just, <laughs> yeah. you know, they were the ones that owned the comedy club. Okay. And, you know, when I first started, you paid 10 bucks to go on stage, and if you brought three people, you got your 10 bucks back. Oh, wow. Which oh. sounds like a dick move, but that's how you keep an open mic alive. Yeah. It, it makes your people promote, or you get your 10 bucks for the door covers that you should have gotten. Mm-hmm. So I... When you first start, you're like, that's bullshit, man. You're charging for an open mic. And when you get older, you're like, nope, that's a business. Yeah. And that's how we got to have an open mic night. Right. A, a lot of open mics in clubs get canceled all the time. Yeah. And, and I tell them, try this. And I don't know how many of them do, but I think it's a good route. Uh, but geographically, Kansas City is a great place to start because when you're ready, there's five or six cities within mm-hmm. six hours that you and your buddies can drive up to. Well, back in the day, now you have YouTube. You can just post it online and have them look at it. Yeah. But, you know, when we came up, that wasn't a possibility. So you would, we'd drive up to Des Moines. One of us would stay sober enough to drive us back. <laughs> and you'd do the open mic night, hope the booker was there. Yeah. And then you'd drive your drunk asses back while four of you passed out in the back. Like, that was... That was comedy in Kansas. But aren't those the greatest days? Those oh, that's of what comedy, I said. Those were the best. It's like yeah. Remember that time <laughs> you puked outside Atchison? You dick. <laughs> but yeah, no, I loved coming up in Kansas City, and I stayed there as long as I could. And then where did you? I moved it, out here. L.A. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I stayed in Kansas, and I, that's what I tell people. It's like, and I don't know how good of advice it is, but it's like if you want to be a comedian, I I say stay home until there's literally nothing else that your city can offer you. That might not be very long. Yeah. But in Kansas City, I'd feature I could feature at the club. At one point there were two or three clubs in town and you could do all that and then you had you could work the road and stuff. So, I loved Kansas City and I didn't leave until literally I I was headlining the club. I started opening for the theater acts. Mhm in town and then it was like literally i'm done i can't do anything here so i packed all my shit up and i moved to la and was lucky enough to get last comic like eight months later Wait, what, what, what other comics are out of kansas city because whenever i think kansas city i, I always think you i mean you're, I think, you're yeah. synonymous with kansas city who else has come out of like that jason city? sudeikis is the only Sh- other person well i mean you know, the big guys are paul rudd jason sudeikis uh paul riggle has a Kansas City connection, and he's a big KU fan. I don't know if he's actually from there, but he does a lot mm-hmm. for the community with Big Slick and stuff. Um, I mean, as far as just comedians go, James Johan's a, a road dog, Justin Leon, Tim Gaither, um, Nick Griffin. Oh, oh wow. The, like, literally one of my favorite, not yeah. only comics, but just dudes in the world. That guy is so fucking funny. He's done Letterman so many times, like Colbert, and he's like one of those guys, I think he just, like he could pop any moment, and, but it just, I don't know. But he could also snap at any moment. He could also blow up and become the biggest thing ever or snap and be on all the headlines for all the wrong reasons. That character that he does isn't a character. 
I mean, I think he's to some degree that guy. I mean, he really is. You know, well, he's not that. a he's not a pocket full of sunshine or right. you know no. the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. He's he's definitely a distinct, but he is so goddamn funny. He's so one funny. of the best. If you want to look at somebody who knows how to do a TV set, mm. that's the guy. I mean, he just look knows no further how to than do him. It. Yeah. Well, and just you know, like his. He's like, Einstein got divorced. He's like, you, you're going to get married? You yeah. think you're smarter than Einstein? <laughs> yeah. Like, that brilliance. It's so simple, but it's so amazing. But are you one of the – so you're obviously a big, big name when you go back to Kansas City, right? I mean, that's that's a cool thing. Kind of. I mean, it's weird. Like, there is something about winning contests that get you a little extra – like, Josh can't walk around Denver without being recognized. Right. And David Cook won American Idols from Kansas City, and that motherfucker gets all kinds of shit, and he hasn't done shit since. Oh, wow. So it's really weird. Like, I get recognized sometimes, but I don't get I don't get the big recognition. Like, the Royals aren't calling me to do shit, but they call that dude all the time. And, uh, not to seem jealous, I guess I am a little bit, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, what do you got to do yeah. to get to a certain point? Uh, and Kansas City's a weird town. It's not uh, – they love you when you're hot, but when you're not, you know, they're watching football. So so how does that, after you win or after you come in third on last comic, how does that change just everything financially, personally? How does that change well, the dynamic of your career? Financially, it was huge. I literally – you know, you go from making six, $700 a week as a feature act and then – all of a sudden, they're calling you with ten times that amount for you know with bonuses. Right. Yeah. You're just like I remember getting that phone call from my new manager and him reading off all these offers and just laughing out loud at just the money these people were offering me because I wasn't any different than I was right the yeah. day before. I just now you're on TV. Right. And uh, it's it's amazing, but it's also I learned real quick. Uh, how little money what I think a lot of money is. Like, you just realize, like, I have $100,000. I'll never be able to spend this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah I'll buy everything because I have hundred grand In yeah. Kansas City. In Kansas City. Right, well, yeah, yet. I'm fine. I'll right. buy everybody drinks. Why? Because I don't want to wait for you all to figure out how much you owe. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know how many times I covered a bar bill just because I didn't right. want to wait for math? Right. Yeah. People dick it around. But, and of course, now you look back on that and you're like, you could have waited fucking. <laughs> I need that money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I learned a lot of lessons. It was, a, it was super fun. I lived uh, in a way that a lot of people don't get to live. It was short lived for a while, but. You know, it's nice being able to check into it. But now you're in the system, you're on the road, you're reputable with the clubs. And how has it been, you know, since last comic and being part of that rotation and everything, what's the biggest leap that you've had to make going from, you know, like featuring for six, and then all of a sudden you're you're the guy? Well, there's, you know, obviously it it was real easy during the last comic standing hype, Mm -hmm. during that popularity. Once that stuff went away, it got... Even harder than it had ever been, because mm-hmm. no one wants to book a has been, right? Unless it's Polly or Screech or uh, <laughs> Gary. Gary, yes. Uh, so it, you know, oh eight, oh nine, or oh nine, oh ten mm-hmm. was were rough. 
Yeah. Like, no one wanted, you know, all the improvs were saying, we're just going to take a break, look at some other guys. But then and you had the Netflix, right? That was years later. It's like, right, so right. there was like three years, like, of, you know, it's always a struggle. Like, right. if you're not constantly producing content, or even if you're producing it and no one's making it, uh, it's a, it's always a struggle. The road's always a battle of, I, like, I never feel safe. Yeah. I never feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'll be working for the rest of the my life at comedy. No, uh, that's because that's just not the way it is. Yeah. So it's always I just feel like it's always a struggle. And did you feel when when after you were on Last Comic Standing and your your manager calls you with all these dates, you feel like, wow, my schedule's now booked for the rest of the year. I can't turn anything down because I just got to keep working, keep getting in these clubs. And although you're being run ragged, you're just like, I just got to keep working. Absolutely. Right. And it's also because it's like, well, I don't, I'm not turning down that money. You know, it's still. Even though there's a lot of it, it's still a lot of money to you. So you're like, yeah, I can't. And plus, I'm always, I always feel like work begets work. And as soon as you start turning down work, then it's going to start going away. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was great. But yeah, I, I did. I worked all that I could. But so when did you feel you started moving out of the darkness and into the light? Because it's, you know, you definitely have gotten past that. When I started writing the material for Ugly, well, basically when I stopped hanging out at comedy clubs and yeah. started getting real friends outside of the comedy world uh, is when I started getting happy. And then also when I got angry on stage, when I started doing the ugly and angry material, yeah. it's it started becoming a lot more of a therapeutic thing. So And that, that, that special was so well received. I mean, you you look at reviews. Look at reviews nowadays of the last year of all the specials that have come out on Netflix. Great names: one star, two stars, middling Minus four reviews. Stars. Shut the fuck. Well, but yours is like it's really rated high, and there's a lot of great reviews. And obviously, it's it's a great hour. But how how gratifying is that for you as a, as an artist, especially after having what you had to come out of? Uh, it was great. It was very gratifying, but again, back to the battle, they're not. They're, no one wanted to make another one. That's crazy. Yeah, but there's you know, and there's no explanation for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that they they said they just released a billion of them, which they did. Mm -hmm. They just you know, so they're like, you have to wait a year, and I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to sit on this material for another year. So, it's always a bat. Like it, even if you have a special that is well received, it's still sometimes you get fucked. Yeah. And so I'm putting out another record. It's going to be on stand-up mm -hmm. records, and I'll put it out on Spotify and stuff. But then, it, but again, like it was just that was another like where you're like, I, I made this great thing. You you want to make another one, right? And everyone's like, No, <laughs> no, we like the one. Let's let's just keep the one. Uh. It is bizarre. I mean, do you, but do you still like touring, being the road guy, do you still love that? Do you still have as much passion for it as you did? Absolutely. And there was a moment where I fought it and I tried to do anything. I was begging all of my writer friends to give me a job mm -hmm. that I didn't deserve. And uh, I took a month off of the road and I was like, I just need to... It was the third week. I'm sitting in my apartment in my own place watching TV in my own comfy pants and this thought went through my head. Wouldn't it be cool if we were in a hotel right now, just chilling? <laughs> really? And I was, yeah. And I was like, you love it. Yeah. It was like this mind-melting experience where it was like, you actually do really dig this. No matter, it gets hard. 
And it, and you had to miss it. You you have to miss it. And so now I'm at peace with it. Now I'm like, yeah, let's go do a gig, mm-hmm. and I'm great, and I don't miss my girl. When you, when you, <laughs> I mean, you and, do, you do, I mean, but I you, do, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, yeah. It's I know not exactly like, you, it's, you know, back in the day, it would have been like, I can't, how do I live, survive? But now I'm like, yeah, no, I'll see her when I get you back. You know the gig, yeah. yeah. When you do the road, I know you don't like to, ha- to hang out a lot in town, but like when you go do the road, are you kind of like, let's hang out, let's drink, let's go have a good time? Depending on the venue, right. depending on the market, but I always try to go out at least one night. Yeah. And and tie one on with the, with the crew just right. to... You know, just to get relationships with people. And, you know, if the crew sucks, if the staff is a bunch of lamos, then, right. yeah, I'm not going to go hang out with them. But most of the time, they're they're good people. Like, I have a lot of fun in Toledo. Like, that place right. is like family to me. For no reason. Like, we just got drunk one night and right. all hit it off. And That is the oddest funny bone, by the way. Yeah. That it's like half a mall. <laughs> then it's like a vacant field. Yeah. Then... Part of the complex again across from the hotel. It's like the weirdest, it's weirdest like, comedy club. It's like someone said, if you build it, they will come, and then someone else said, mm, maybe not. They're probably not going to come. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> well, that's that's one of those clubs too, where the music is attached to the comedy club. The music's so loud it bleeds into the comedy club. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was there one night with Ralphie May, and the music was so loud, and nobody was there to see the band. And Ralphie gave the band a couple hundred bucks to beat it for the night. It was the greatest. Like he just said, here's three hundred dollars. Cut the music. <laughs> it's great. It's yeah. sold out in here. <laughs> Knock it off. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's also, but that's something you should have been like, hey, why are they playing so loud for nine people? Right. Yeah. When I got four hundred people in here, that uh, I, one of my favorite clubs in the country, like number two, is Parlor up in Seattle. We great talked club, about yeah. that. It's great. But it's great. Friday night. About ten, you know, the late shows always. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, well, we got to deal with this. First show was great. <laughs> it, it we is, got tomorrow. Yeah. It, it is that thing too, like you were saying, Chris, about how there are certain venues that have everything that, like parlors, the great hotels right across the walkway. Yeah. There's a Starbucks close. There's everything that you want. You can walk to the club. They take great care of you. So like everything that's involved, like stand up live in Phoenix, like certain things that just make going on the road that much more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you, what has the road taught you about yourself? I love I love weed. <laughs> I really I think it's a great all inclusive. Um I don't know. I was always kind of an alone kid like even growing up. We grew up out in the sticks, so mm-hmm. I would have to get up at you know an hour before my parents did to catch the bus. So I've always been alone. So I think it's just I don't know, it was just a I don't know, I, that I can be alone and it's okay. Well, it is interesting because we travel a lot, and it's so funny because we eat alone all the time. We go to restaurants, eat alone, go to a movie alone, and and other people that I know can't even fathom that. Like, oh yeah, you you sit down at a restaurant alone. It's like, of course, why? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's just so second nature for us. Or even people that are in that travel a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I have friends in bands, and they're like, I don't know how you could do what we do alone, like with no one. Yeah. Some of them are like, well, I think that would just be so great. But most of them are like, I don't know how you travel and then you, you're alone all day and then you get on stage and you're alone. Yeah. Well, I think it's all working. It's all, it's the hour that you're on stage makes up for the 23 hours you're by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. But also you become like Briar Rabbit. Like you become like the guy that loves to be in the place that everyone hates. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I, I initially even asked this question is I just saw this documentary about the making of the island of Dr. Moreau. Remember with Val Kilmer, Mar- Marlon Brando, I was just such a train wreck. And there's actors that were talking about they were only supposed to be there for three to four weeks, but they ended up being there for six months. And so they ju- th- these are people with families, with normal lives. And then they were on this island for six months and they just treated it like they weren't they didn't have any obligations or responsibilities. They're getting fucked up. They're smoking pot. They're drinking. They're doing takes, and they're all bombed out of their minds. The crew's fucked up. And they were just like, we were just not... We were there, but we weren't there. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's what the road is like if you can't control it. But if you can control the road, then you understand. You go out for one night a weekend or whatever. But if if you just keep indulging, then you... I don't know. It's like weird because you have your life, but then you go on the road and it becomes like this different separate entity where it's like, well, there's no there's no ramifications if I do something here. This is the road. It's like, no, it's still part of your life. You're still on the clock. Yeah. You know, but it, it's just different. What, I, one of the weirdest things in, in lens to that is like when I got last comic and went back out on tour, all these dudes I used to feature for were now featuring for me. Oh, wow. And they were the guys that were out every night not writing just right. you know just riding that same hour for the last 10 years mm-hmm. still doing macarena jokes <laughs> i'm not even fucking with you radar for mesh jokes chris looked at me when he was talking about doing old recycled bits yeah <laughs> we both did <laughs> to catch a predator jesus scary so like i that was just such a scary moment for me yeah was like coming back and like oh just because you're a headliner now doesn't mean you're always going to be a headliner. Right. And so that was a real wake-up call where it's was like, maybe I don't, maybe that's a good thing that I don't like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the finish line for you? What is what is the goal for you in comedy that you absolutely want to accomplish? You, I don't, I feel like I've done all the, the comedy things, like mm-hmm. the hour special you know, I did our city. I'd like to do Conan or, you know, I'd like to do one of the Tonight Shows. But for me, it's just, I, I, I just want a house and a Mercedes. Yeah. Like, I think if I get those things and I pay for those with jokes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll am say I've made it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've made it anyway. Like, I woke up at 10 on a Monday. <laughs> the greatest, do, right? Yeah, yeah. I come do this podcast and then I got to go have lunch with a buddy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, I, I've. I've been on summer vacation for the last 18 years, so I'm, I feel like I'm doing all right, but, yeah. you know, I still want all, I want all the things. So when I'm on a private plane to one of my gigs, yeah, yeah, there you go. But it is, it's funny you say that too, Chris, because we are in a business where you always want more, you always want this, you always want yeah. that, but there are moments where I'm walking around on a Wednesday, middle of the day, you know, just up the street grabbing a coffee, I'm like, all of my friends are working a shitty, shitty day job. Like I've already won. So it's like what you're saying. It's like, it's a very cool experience because you're always going to want more. You're always going to want this and that. But I just think the fact that you're free from working for some corporate bullshit conglomerate is the greatest win ever. Absolutely. And it's also one of the major reasons I still live in Los Angeles. I mean, I love Los Angeles and, but you know, my family and everybody's in Kansas city, but I can't move home. Who am I going to call on a Thursday afternoon 
To go have to go hang, yeah. To go have breakfast, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Let's go get eggs, and they're call- right. they're looking at you like, "Fuck you, man! I just got <laughs> done with lunch, and I, I gotta go to back. Hours. I gotta work. go back, yeah." And you're like, "Oh well." Meanwhile, in L.A., you call your friends at two o'clock. Oh, uh, nobody like, works here. Yeah, like nobody. absolutely, I can go have eggs. At two o'clock on <laughs> yeah. a Thursday, you and eggs. Yeah, you think you I'm think I'm guy. a big brunch Tuesday guy. Tuesday at noon, uh, you know, in, in May, it's like is everybody Christmas shop? Why is yeah. it? Why is this place so packed? Yeah, but nobody works. It's crazy. I, you know, that's and and, and that's one of the major reasons I love Los Angeles. Yeah, is because no one's working, but everyone has money. <laughs> Everybody's. But it, but it doing, is like yeah. you said too, Chris. You go back to Kansas City, whenever I go back to Michigan, you can definitely feel like Donald Trump, like buying a round of drinks or buying dinner yeah. for eighteen people, and it's like twenty five dollars. It's like so oh, crazy. The, the South. Have you ever bought drinks in the South? It's like they don't know what money's worth. <laughs> they haven't figured it out. I need eight Bud Lights. I need 12 shots of tequila. And give me some Hennessy for the black dude. Uh, $16. Are you serious? No, I have all of it. I, I said that to a guy at a bar once. Yeah. He said what it was, and I looked at him, I go, no, I have all of this. <laughs> and he said, yeah, $12. $12. And we include the tip on that. Yeah. It's so it is absolutely amazing. Uh, but also, I like a lot of my buddies have no desire to like my buddies just works jobs and then just goes home. Yeah. And then, well, why don't you go? Don't you want to do something else? Don't you want to do something else with your life? Yeah. Well, why don't you go do that? Right. Nah. <laughs> right. Like they, you know, there's definitely they're content. There's also like. The thing I love about the people in Los Angeles, not all of them, is that they've made a major move already. Yeah. They left they left everything they knew to come here mm-hmm. and 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 give it a shot. And that takes some serious Sure. We did it like we we did it cuz we thought we had to and it was it was a drive, but there's a lot of people that just left everything they had. And that's why like a lot of people in Kansas City when I left, their big question was is how did you move? That's yeah. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. And you look at him. You're like, I put all my shit in my car. Right. I drove to Los Angeles and I stopped driving. Right. And now, and I haven't left. Like, but, I saw the ocean and I knew I can't drive farther than the ocean. Yeah. So I guess I'll stay here. I'm in California. The Trans-Pacific Bridge was out. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped in L.A. But yeah, but that's just the mindset of a lot of people all over the country. Like, oh, I'd love to do that, but I could never. Right. right. And it, and it's and that's what I like about the people out here is like they're like, I lo- I want to do that and we're gonna go fucking do that. Yes, and that's that's why I love a, it. A buddy of mine who left L.A. and moved to this weird suburb of Pittsburgh wrote, "I love living in this little suburb. You don't go into Starbucks and see all these people with laptops and all this other shit. It's like, yeah, well, heaven forbid, be creative somewhere. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like just because yeah. it didn't work for you in L.A. It's always funny to me the people who leave L.A. and go back home and just shit on L.A. Yeah. because they think that it was this death town. She's like, well, listen, but it didn't L.A. Work doesn't for you. shit on anybody else. Like New York shits on L.A., Chicago shits on L.A., but nobody in L.A. shits on another city. It's just like." Why would I shit on anything? I'm going to the beach in 20 minutes. Yeah. I can get great food. There's tens all over the sidewalk. What's to complain if about? If you go to SF and you're like, oh, I'm from LA, they're like, <sighs> yeah. How dare you? Well, right. Enjoy your Mark Twain winter. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like, no one in LA is like, you go, you tell people in LA you're going to SF, they're like, I love San Francisco. I know. I know. That is my favorite place. Yeah. But you go to LA, <laughs> or you go to San Francisco, you're like, Pff. 
L.A. Like, well, fuck you. We're not talking <laughs> shit on you. We well, think you're great. Porter, we love you. I love cannot, you guys. Hold on, I gotta... Uh-oh. I gotta do this. Can I, and I do want to say this. Yes. I listen to your podcast all the time. Favorite one? It. Favorite one? Let's test him. See what he says, Steve. Second. Second favorite. Second favorite Okay. Uh, this is such bullshit. It's... <laughs> Who's first one? Wait, he hasn't even given the second one yet. Oh. No, you're second. Oh. We're the second one, yeah. Who's the first one? Just because I've listened to them longer about last night. Oh, oh, yeah. Adam, Adam Ray. Ray, Adam Ray, Ray, Ray yeah. yeah. Love those guys. I love those guys. Um, where can people uh, catch up with you, and where where will you be hitting up the road in the next few weeks? I am Chris Porter. Is all the Twitter and stuff. And then uh, I'm going to Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, wow. So Really? Head on up. <laughs> Fairbanks, Alaska. For those, That's fucking awesome. Is it yeah. sunny all day there? Like it doesn't get dark, right? Uh, not. We are going into nighttime. Oh, okay. We're going into nighttime, but it's gonna be cloudy. I'm hoping to catch the northern lights. But Fairbanks, and then Albany, New York, in uh, November. Very nice. And you're always at the store. Always at the store. Always, always at, at the, the improv. Store. And the Netflix special, Cut Ugly and Angry, still up there. Literally, like one of the best. On right now that you can check out. I'm oh, wow. telling you, I love I it. It is really, really awesome. Uh, Appreciate it, Gary. Uh, yeah, I don't have a Netflix special out. That's right. At Steve Bird Live, we love you. All things comedy. Thanks, guys. That was fun. <laughs>